0: Welcome, this is Brienne, and you are listening to Our Creative Birthright, a podcast that is calling us all home to rediscover our creative selves and to claim our creative birthright that honors and affirms Black creative genius and recognizes the creative genius in each and every one of us. Today, we are going to be talking about Our relationship to creativity. Before we jump into today's topic, I want to welcome us all to take three grounding breaths. This quick breathing exercise will get us into a space where we can explore our relationship to creativity and open up some space for us to start the process of rediscovering our creative selves. If you are able, I welcome you to find a space to be still and either close your eyes or lower your gaze. I also welcome you to place your hand on your belly or on your heart space to create a deeper connection with your breath. Once you are seated, if you are able, if you're walking or driving, please don't uh, close your eyes. But you can still breathe with us so now that we are comfortable let's take three deep breaths let's start with the first one breathe in deeply letting the air fill your entire body starting from your belly feel your belly rise or your chest rise as you are breathing in let's hold that breath and then let's release out of our mouths let's do that again breathe in hold it and release out of the mouth and let's do that for one last time breathe in hold it and now that we are here and we are grounded, let's take some time to remember our first experience with creativity. What did it feel like? What did it smell taste like? What were we being called to create? And how did we feel as we were creating? I ask that you hold that memory and bring it with you as we enter into the rest of our discussion. And thank you for trying that exercise with me. All right, so let's jump into the discussion. As I mentioned before, today's discussion is going to be about our relationship to creativity and how it changes over time. I want to start off by pushing back on this myth. And that myth is that we lose our creativity and we lose our imagination as we get older. That's not true. Like I have said in previous episodes and will continue to say throughout the life of this podcast, creativity is our birthright. It is something that is core to who we are. And as such, it is not something that we can lose. Yes, we may have some distance in our relationship to creativity. We may not be prioritizing it in our lives and we also may not be aware of how it shows up for us every day but we have not lost it it is still there through this discussion I want to replace that myth with an understanding of what actually happens and I see two things happening as we get older our relationship to creativity changes as we Move our focus away from creativity and onto productivity, which is something that we are socialized to do. And the second part of this myth comes from the fact that as we get older, our understanding of creativity becomes more and more narrow. The conversations about creativity are often centered around things that are traditionally considered to be art. So for example, we look at Drawing and painting and theater and performance arts, writing and things like that as sites of creativity. While those are all places where creativity happens, everything that we do involves the creative process and our creative power. You know, when you wake up and go about your day. You are actively in the process of creating your life. And maybe I'm painting with a broad brush here when I'm saying everything. However, this discussion around creativity needs to also center around our daily lives because what we experience is shaped by our identity as creative people because this is the core of who we are and we are called to create. That doesn't negate the external factors that create our experiences, but I'm encouraging everyone to expand their understanding of creativity because it really shows up everywhere. It is anytime we solve a problem, give birth to a new idea, improve or revise something, or simply dare to dream. It's imagining possibilities. Children have an amazing ability to see possibilities for any and everything. Children are discovering the world around them. Everything is new. Everything is awe-inspiring and wonderful and cool. And as we get older, we may lose some of that, but we also lose the opportunity to explore. And that is going to bring us to the discussion around the different factors that impact our relationship to creativity. As I'm saying that, I'm wishing that I've added some positive things to this list because the list that I've compiled is just sent around factors that have negatively changed my relationship to creativity. So as I'm having this discussion, I'm going to try to think of some positive factors to add that in as well. I'm also going to take this opportunity to remind everyone that the body of work that we're creating here at Our Creative Birthright is collaborative. So please Share the factors that have impacted your relationship to creativity as you have grown older. I welcome you to first, you know, reflect on it if you have not already, and then share those factors with me. You can email them to me, share them on social media, whatever works best for you. All right, let's hop into the discussion first, talking about the factors. Most broadly, I believe that as we are socialized to fit into the different boxes, that have been set up for the different identities we hold. We are socialized out of having a close relationship to creativity. Like that is the beginning of the end, if you will. For example, I don't know how this shows up for me now, but when I was younger, I was very much a tomboy, whatever that means. I am the oldest child and I had two brothers. So a lot of the things that I did to play were centered around masculine, I'm making air quotes, activities like running, climbing trees, sports, things like that. And as I got closer to puberty, I consistently heard that I needed to act like a lady. I hated hearing that. I'm like, okay, well, who said I wanted to be a lady? But anyways, I was being put into a box because of an identity that I held an identity that I didn't necessarily choose you know I was given this identity but anyways (laughs) that is another discussion for another day so back to this discussion that's just one example of how I was put into a box and I was discouraged from doing things that brought me joy like running around and climbing trees and not being too overly concerned about my outside appearance I was told that I needed to conform to meet some societal standard. That happens to us all as we get older. And as we are put into boxes, our self-expression is constrained. As we discussed in the last episode, a function of creativity is self-expression. And it's how you kind of broadcast out to the world, hey, this is who I am. And also kind of how you explore and understand the world around you. So once you are given like, prescribed way of being, thinking, doing, then you are cut off from your ability to just naturally explore that through creativity. As our self-expression is limited, as it is controlled to fit into certain boxes, that has a major impact on our creative identity and our creative power. Creativity is not something that can be put in a box. When you're inspired by something Like (laughs) creativity doesn't check a box and say, okay, so you're a girl. You also were born in the United States. You are middle class. You know, check all the boxes. Let's make sure you can be inspired by this. No, that's not what happens. Creativity just flows naturally. It's not something that can be controlled. So once you start limiting yourself yourself, and your self-expression to match with how you have been socialized to perform your identities, then your creative expression and your relationship to creativity starts to change. So that's just one way that we're socialized into changing our relationship to creativity. Now let's get into some details and look at factors. So the first factor I have is how we are socialized to be productive and value productivity over creativity, and also to value ourselves only when we are producing. We try to force ourselves to be morning people so that we can have the most productive day possible, but we don't take the time to check in with ourselves and see if that is something that meets our needs, our wants, and our desires, and makes sense for us. As we are focusing on productivity, we stop centering creativity in our lives. We do things because we want to be productive. And I think that's how we lose focus on how creativity shows up for us in our day-to-day because we can get into routines of just doing without thinking and without intention. You know, we just wake up quickly, run through whatever our morning routine is so that we can get to work (laughs) or so that we can fulfill care duties that we have in our life. And there's always a rush. Like, we're always trying to figure out how to do things quickly and produce things quickly. Creativity takes time. Time to be inspired. It takes time to rest. You cannot always be in the mode to create. It's not natural. You're not supposed to be creating all the time. Sometimes you have to rest. But the way that we're socializing is that you're always supposed to be producing. You're always supposed to be making something. And that's just unnatural for creativity. So once we start getting socialized into value productivity, our relationship to creativity is negatively impacted. We are expected to always be on. And I consistently have to coach myself out of this when I'm planning out my day. I have to be intentional about making space for rest, for play, for joy, making space to create and to create something that is not tied to an end product. And I had to actually do this very recently, like I, for a long time wanted to open up an etsy shop to sell my jewelry and i really dragged my feet on doing this and i didn't know why i have like over 30 jewelry pieces that i created i've photographed them i've done all the things that i needed to do to set up an etsy shop but i just never followed through and through self-reflection i realized that creating jewelry is something that I want to do just for the sake of doing it. It's not something that I want to monetize. It's not something that I want to be tied to productivity. So I just had to decide like, you know what? I'm not gonna make the Etsy shop and that's okay. But (laughs) there was a process to get to that point. And I often see that as I've gotten older, The things that I enjoy to do creatively, I feel the need to tie them to productivity. And that is an indication that my relationship to creativity has changed because I imagine it's creating for the sake of creating. I have to have a reason and a purpose behind it. And the reason and purpose can be just to create. That's completely fine for it to be. I'm doing this because I want to do it because I find joy in doing it. And that's that. But we have these external factors that are pressuring us to be productive. And after a while, we start to internalize that and we start pushing ourselves towards productivity. So that's one of the factors that I see changing our relationship to creativity. The next factor is not owning our time. When we're children, we don't have many responsibilities. We go out and play. Maybe we need to make sure not to get our clothes too dirty. When the streetlights come on, it's time to come home. As you get older, they start socializing you into being productive by giving you homework and teaching you to do unpaid labor. Anyways, I could go on a rant on that, but I'm not going to. I'm going to stay focused. So the next factor that I see is losing ownership of our time. Because we live in a capitalist society, we have to value productivity and we lose ownership of our time to this valuing of productivity. And we don't have much of a choice in it, right? Like, I guess you can choose to not feed yourself and house yourself and clothe yourself and take care of the needs of your loved ones. But No one really wants to make that choice. And that's not a choice. That's a choice that's constrained, right? It's not a free choice. So we have to have jobs. And as we have to have these jobs that may not feed our creative selves, that may not be aligned with how we want to express ourselves creatively, we lose ownership of our time. Like, we have to work, what, eight hours a day? You're only awake for maybe 14 hours in a day. so. That is a massive loss of time to do something that is not necessarily aligned with who you are as a creative, because we all are creatives. We all have a creative identity, and we are not given the space to explore what that looks like because we have to give the majority of our time over to being productive. And these two factors being socialized to value productivity and losing ownership of our time are products of capitalism. I have some very strong feelings about capitalism that I won't get into in too much detail here, but capitalism is the enemy (laughs) to creativity. This brings me to the next factor that I want to discuss, which is how creative careers are devalued. We all are asked from a very young age, what do you want to be when you grow up? And everyone wants to be a doctor, a lawyer, a veterinarian. We throw out all of these traditional careers that have society's stamp of approval. However, when you start saying something like, oh, I want to be a writer or a singer or a rapper or anything that is very easily identified as a creative career, there seems to be a devaluation of it. People don't take it as seriously. And that's because it kind of takes us back to productivity and capitalism. How much money can you actually make from a creative career? Unless you are exceptional (laughs) or if you're a mediocre white person. But you know, you have to be exceptional. Someone has to recognize and validate your work and say, yeah, you are worth investment of resources to be able to continue to explore that creative career. And not everyone has the opportunity to do that or sees a path towards that. For myself personally, I've always been a writer. I've always had book ideas. When I was in elementary school, I wrote a couple of books. (laughs) I illustrated them as well. The writing was a lot better than the illustration. But hey, I tried. But I never once thought to myself, I will be a writer when I grow up. I didn't see that as a path for me for a career. I'm still trying to understand why. But I never said, oh, I'm gonna be a writer. But now <laughs> that has changed and I've I'm returning to my interest in writing and I'm taking it seriously. It's like, okay, like being a published author is something that is possible for me. And it doesn't necessarily have to be tied to making it a career although hey maybe it will become my career who knows you know but I am now in a space where I am making room to reconnect with my creative identity and my creative self and explore what that looks like explore what I'm being called to create and when creative careers are devalued it doesn't leave many of us space to explore who we are creatively because Now we have to figure out what our career is going to be. This thing that's going to take up like the majority of our time. So the first three factors that I've discussed are very external. And the next factors I want to discuss are things that are external, but over time we internalize them. The next factor is learning self-doubt and losing self-confidence. As we get older, as we start interacting with the world around us, We may have experiences that teach us to doubt ourselves, to question our creative power, to question our thoughts, our experiences, our emotions. There's so many ways that the world kind of gaslights us out of having confidence in who we are and what we have to say and what we bring to the world. And our creative expression is very much linked to our confidence level and our ability to trust ourselves. If you don't trust yourself, then you're not going to trust what you create and you may become more hesitant to create and you may limit your creative expression. So as we learn self-doubt, we stop creating and having confidence in what we create. And we stop exploring because we don't trust our creative process anymore. One way that I've tried to combat this for myself is just by creating things and sharing it with people and not being worried about how someone will receive it. I found that as I share things that I create with other people, they see the beauty and joy in it in places that I may not have seen because I have these self-doubt. Blinders on, you know, that these blinders that stop me from celebrating my creative genius and recognizing it. Like things that you may see as a failure or not good enough, other people may love. So share it with others and allow people to celebrate your creative genius with you. Allow them to show you where your brilliance is because you may have on blinders of self doubt that disconnect you from your creative power. So A way to combat this self-doubt is just to do it anyways. Even if you don't trust that you're going to create something good, if you feel called to create it, I'm going to tell you a secret. If you feel called to do something, then you're going to be good at it. The first thing that you create may not be a masterpiece. It might take some trial and error, but you're going to learn and build up your confidence along the way. So just start by doing it. even if you don't fully trust yourself, you got to start building that trust. Another factor I want to discuss is perfectionism. And this need for perfectionism will stop us from just doing something because we want it to be right. And this has shown up for me even in doing this podcast, and I have to kind of coach myself out of it. I have re-recorded some of these episodes more than necessary because I'm trying to get it perfect, right? And then I have to remind myself, like, this is a body of work that does not need to be perfect. I am exploring creativity. I am exploring what it looks like to center creativity in our daily lives and what it looks like to reclaim our creative birthright. So will it be perfect? No. But also, it does not have to be perfect because, I mean, perfect is boring. In perfect, you don't find lessons. In perfect, you don't find room for growth and expansion. And that is the most interesting part about life, growing, expanding, learning new things. So I have to consistently remind myself that it does not need to be perfect. It just needs to... Be authentic to who I am and what I want to discuss right now. What am I being called to discuss? And that's creativity. I'm being called to explore, so it doesn't need to be perfect. But if I let this need for perfection control me, I may never release this podcast. I may never achieve my goal of putting out this body of work, and I'll be holding back my creative self and my creative identity. So I also encourage you to look at how that shows up in your life. What are you holding yourself back from doing for fear of it not being perfect? And then just do it. Just put it out there. Like you want to write, write and share it with someone. Like I've learned that sharing things that you've created with other people, it takes away some of that fear because you're often your harshest critic. Okay, so just to quickly recap, today we talked about how our relationship to creativity changes over time. And this is just the beginning of a conversation. I listed about five factors. This is not an exhaustive list. I want to use this time at the end of the episode to give space for us to start exploring the positive factors that change our relationship to creativity and also to give honor to the the people in our lives that positively change our relationship to creativity and i'm just thinking because again like i said i did not prepare a list of positive factors so i'm like going through my mind catalog of different experiences that i've had that have been positive for my relationship to creativity so, the first thing I will say is learning to do new things. As I'm learning something new, I'm also learning something about myself. And then, when I learn to do something, I have to tap into my creative power because. While there may be a set of instructions on how to do it, the way that I'm going to approach it is going to be different. And I have to make it my own in order to truly learn how to do it. I have to explore to figure out what works for me. So as I'm in the process of exploring a new skill and learning something new, I'm reminded that this is a site of creativity. This is where creativity shows up. And that has helped me come to this understanding that. Creativity is my birthright and that creativity is at a core of who I am. So I encourage you to learn something new and in doing so, you will start to build a closer relationship to creativity. Another thing that has helped me is leaning into movements. Whenever I'm like having a creative block and I like, for example, go for a run, that movement pushes me through that blockage. And the reason why that movement helps me is because it it grounds me in the present moment and I think I've talked about this in the last episode, but keeping a close relationship to movement has helped me strengthen my relationship to creativity and through that my relationship to creativity has grown in a positive way. And let's see, what are some other ways? Another thing is just being more honest with myself about what I want, uh, my motivation for doing things, and then making space for doing something that I want to do by saying no to something that I don't want. It is okay if someone asks you to do something to say no. So I encourage you to say no to a responsibility or something that you perceive to be a responsibility. And instead, do something that brings you joy. Do something that you found joy in doing as a child and make room to explore your creative identity. I also welcome you to share those things with me. So please share with me the factors that have negatively impacted your relationship to creativity as well as those that have positively done so. And as the episode comes to a close, I want to leave you all with an assignment. Write down where creativity shows up in your life. And in doing so, I hope that we can start to expand our understanding standing of creativity and let's let this be a running list of things so as you're going through your daily life and you realize that you've pulled on your creative power take a mental note of that or just write that down you know open up the notes app in your phone take a voice note whatever it is but let's start highlighting where creativity shows up in our life so that we can have a better understanding and a more expanded understanding of creativity again Thank you so much for listening to the end. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Until next time, wishing you all a week full of discovery and exploration. Talk to you later. Bye.